guys. Welcome back. It's Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie. This is Karen. And Karen's in Tennessee. And I'm in Florida. But they're the same place mentally, I feel, (laughs) a lot of times. Exactly. Yep. So welcome back. We've been taking a few weeks here and there to do things that we have to do for life and family. We're going to aim to put everything out every other week so that you continue to get new content. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, then that it can be that it can be reliable. Consistent schedule. There yeah. you go. Thank you. And what we're doing, though, is each episode will be more filling. So it will last you two weeks. So it's like right, fiber. Right, it's going to be protein. <laughs> and protein and healthy oils. Right. So, um, yeah, and find us on social media. Review us, please. You know that. Do it now. You know, hurry. Karen was telling me we have so many people who come to the podcast from Instagram yes. and TikTok. So welcome in. Don't forget, please send your true funny stories about growing up in religion or being in religion and just how ridiculous things can get. I love nothing than those letters. Yeah, you can still be in religion um, and you can be in any religion. This isn't just for ex-Christians. This is comedy with the subject matter of goofy, weird, interesting religion And when we were talking about Europe and me being there and filling up uh, with fiber, whatnot, I was saying, like, it is so much healthier there. And you and I were just talking about how there are all these studies that one of the most important things in aging, which we are not doing, is balance. So I'm walking... And someone's like, yeah, you go here and you go there. So I'm like, okay, cobblestone of the most cobbly (laughs) and old cobbly where it's all rounded stones. And in America, if it was historical, they they probably would have torn it up anyway. But they (laughs) might put, you know, a plaque and like, don't walk on here. It's historical. Or they would have pulled it up because of liability. And I'm like, even just walking naturally on cobblestones, the balance and the resilience that it just quickly embeds into your body that Americans don't get because we're just like babied because of liability and, you know, all that in codes that we're just, yeah, that, let me add, welcome to the podcast, add, guys. We're going <laughs> to die soon. Let me add to that, too. Um, my friend Jill lived in Italy, got mm-hmm. into a horrific accident skiing, and it just mangled one of her legs. Yeah, and yeah. so she had so much surgery that um, in the recovery time, uh, she had to be in a wheelchair for a long time Shit. with the recovery. Wow. And so because of that, she said, I've got to move back to the States mm-hmm. because she's like, I couldn't live in in Italy with all of the hills oh, and stairs and cobblestone right. and, and history. Um, and so she was able to move here. Now she's perfect and she's my female idol. And you would never know that anything was imperfect in her beautiful life. <laughs> but... 
it's so telling how, oh my gosh, like, have you been, you've been to Boston, right? Yeah. So I remember going to Boston years ago, flew in, somehow ended up in the train station. They didn't have elevators. So you've got to go up all of these stairs with your suitcases. In America? (laughs) Like what? <laughs> yeah, that's re- that's what I remember thinking, and I remember being there with the suitcase, looking up the stairs, going, "Oh my god!" And the sweetest thing was this man didn't even break pace; he was just going up the stairs, grabbed the end of my suitcase, and we both walked up with it. And I was Aww. like, "Thank you!" It was it was the sweetest thing, and it stuck with me for over twenty years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, cobblestones. A lot of and hills. then the same. We always had stairs to go up with the suitcases. You know, we just brought carry-ons, so it was better. But good lady, um, good lady. It's but you know what? Saw tons of people in wheelchairs, and I was surprised. But they Did have they gotten look like build, locals. They can, Oh yeah, they've gotten to build that strength their whole lives or the whole time they've been in wheelchairs. You know, we saw them up at ruins where it's all gravel and rocky, just going over. Mm-hmm. And they probably had the different kinds of wheels. But that's what they're raised in, and therefore that's what they do. Just like, you know, the TV shows showing the kids doing the tasks when they're young in Japan or whatever that show you <laughs> the, were watching. The one where they make them go alone to buy things from the store yeah. without their parents. <laughs> I mean, all of it just, you know, the culture is developed differently. And then we are like, how in the world that's terrible? And then we see they are 10 years or more life expectancy than the U.S. Yeah. Would you like me uh, to get into what we're talking about when we say we do a podcast and it has subject matter? Should I go ahead and start? Yeah, start that, but after, but only after I say a couple things. Like, yes, uh, did you watch second season of The Vow that we also talked about on a previous episode? Um, is which one is that? Which cult is that? The second se- <laughs> that is the Nexium one. Where Keith I'm sure Ranieri. I did. Yeah, I'm sure okay. I did. This is the one where they actually talked about the trial, and they interviewed mm-hmm. Nancy a lot. The one whose daughters were involved with it. Okay, yep. I'm um, sorry. I, I'm American. I have no memory. If I was in Europe, I would have oh. eaten healthy and remembered this. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So I watched the second season of The Vow recently. That was amazing because this guy did such a good job of taking a, a, like a mental... Oh, gosh. Hang on one second. Let me think about how to say it. And what we're talking about is the cult of Nexium that is a pseudo-business prosperity cult. Um, yeah, executive centered training. around a guy. There you go. Yeah. So one of the things that they touched on in maybe the second episode of the second season is how they were helping people with Tourette's. Mm-hmm. overcome the ticks mm. and they were they had success with that so 
they they had something going that on one level was really helpful and awesome and on right. another level was disgusting mm-hmm. and had to do with control over females and forcing them into sexual situations. And it's such a bummer that you can't just rip the two apart and exactly. keep the good part. And there I think of that so much it, same thing happens with church. Like you get churches and you get community and you get outreach. And then there's the part where, you know, somebody has to go whole and fuck God it up Jesus and ruin part. it. <laughs> and someone has yeah. to go and ruin it like uh, like Hillsong, who we're about to talk about. And that's the thing. I appreciate people in life and, who understand duality. Like even watching true crime, which I do, or people know I was involved in a murder trial, like people not understanding that you can have people that have good to them that also have bad to yeah. them. And people who are bad yeah. who also have good. And, you know, it's hard because people, I don't want to say throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it's we have such a black and white, like, that is evil, that person is evil or a monster. And that's so detrimental to critical thinking, to saying, yeah, but how did we all get into this point? What is the process that would make someone become that? Like, we, it's easier just say, they're a monster, and that's it. And or the the opposite of that, the people who find absolutely nothing wrong with Trump and support mm-hmm. him wholeheartedly. It's I don't. It's it's really it's, it's, it's really strange. It really is. Yeah. And one. Yeah. Who if he he's had done sexy, a great job oh of running the country and was also an asshole about certain things, you know. There you go. That's that's kind of what I was hoping for when he ended up president. Like, oh, well, this guy ran businesses, and I didn't know that he was just but criminal, you didn't criminal, criminal, criminal. We just want to make this clear. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I don't tell who I voted. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. No, I was, but, you know, I was trying to put a spin on it to myself of, like, well, this happened, so mm-hmm. maybe this can be a good thing. Um, but, uh we're anyway, optimists, yeah, and of, that's going to show up in this Hillsong takedown. <laughs> and what it? I call uh, Karen and Bonnie's revealing who Hillsong is, which might be a synopsis of the Hulu special Secrets of Hillsong. Okay. <laughs> so is the Hulu special, Is it? does it have reenactments, or is it all original footage of the actual creep? So it was done by Vanity Fair. They released two episodes, and then like a week later, two other episodes. It was mostly done with interviews, some live footage, and even court footage, because it goes into everything. I liked it, and then other people didn't, so I had to find out why they didn't, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't like it either. Um, and that is because I have limited brain capacity for multiple reasons right now. And I think it's fascinating. So here's the thing. This will have spoilers. If you want to watch the Hulu Hill song thing, go ahead. If you're never going to, this is for you. If you're going to and don't care that we're going to talk about it, good. Um, 
but it is fascinating some of the things they revealed but then I don't think people totally understand uh, Bonnie have you ever worked in Hollywood like I did probably not um well, <laughs> here's here's the other thing I forget is that Hillsong is bigger than just the guy with the dentist glasses. Correct. What's his name? And Carl Lentz. We're going to get into that. Carl. Yeah. Carl. It's, um, it's a machine. So Hillsong's more than Carl. Yeah. Right. It's that guy who I think comes across as kind of genuine because the Australian accent tricks me. Oh, you're going to not like it. Then. The big egg-shaped guy, right? Correct. So okay. so what I, I was just joking, because as many people know, Bonnie did work in Hollywood. And I think when it comes to documentaries or movies or TV shows, people don't understand that a lot of the production companies or the people who are fronting the money can dictate a lot of how you they want it presented and what they want done and many times overrule directors and writers and all that because they're making it palatable for who they think they can sell it to hulu showtime whatever the fuck um and i'm not giving these directors and writers an out i'm just saying that it goes to duality again it goes to like there are many things involved in the way this turned out. So Vanity Fair did it. My first things where I'm like, uh-oh, I don't like this, was the iconography. So if you've seen it, it's a picture of Carl Lentz. He now has curly, loopy hair. It's maybe one-fifth on its way to Sean Foyness. And <laughs> it's sort of a bob. It's a bob, yeah. And he... It's a bob? It, <laughs> yeah. Oh and you know God. the old... <laughs> the long bob. You know the old um, renditions of Jesus when he's holding up the two fingers because it was a symbolic thing in ancient paintings. So they have that sign? of Carl. Two fingers close together. It's like a... Uh. Yeah. So, and oh, like all, he's going to anoint you with oil or something? Looking like that. But Carl has okay. his fingers crossed. So they've made, they, he didn't do that. They made up this oh. visual of that's him. So he's looking like Jesus, but he has the fingers crossed. And then in the opening segment that they do each time, it shows these, quote, Christian-looking images and it shows choir people or something and I'm like they're obviously Catholic so already I'm upset that Vanity Fair doesn't understand the difference between denominations and how influential that is to Hillsong so they're just like tapping in you know let's find some footage that looks like church and I'm like ah no so I think that so this is some the of equivalent that bothered me. of you wait listen wait hang on this is the equivalent of you getting upset that in the movie eyes wide shut they used london and pretended it was new york i did not see that because i'm a good christian girl but i would assume so 
I would assume maybe. Yeah, it just bugged me because I'm like, I'm supposed to trust you're going to get into this stuff and you just showed like um, alter kids like you used like stock footage right stock religion footage yeah I'm like okay all right yep that's like when they use um California to or Los Angeles to pretend to be Florida like and the purists of us know like there are no mountains (laughs) in Florida (laughs) okay all right so that's good okay so it it opens up you know what that yeah, the I opening do. credits yeah. could have been subbed out to somebody else entirely. And there we go. That's Again, funny. that duality yeah. situation, yeah. the Hollywood that I'm very uh, entrenched in. Okay. So um, it sh- starts with just, you know, giving an overview. And at the time when Hillsong was at its largest, it was in 30 countries and about 150,000 members worldwide. But that doesn't count that their music and the way they build churches wasn't inside a thousand or more other churches. But that's what they had going. And when I rewatched it, I'm going to tell you a line that they said that you forget and you get to the end of episode four and you're feeling some way. But if you rewatch it, you're like, they told me at the beginning, they said, quote, according to, as regard to Carl Lentz, he has a way of seeming very genuine. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's it. They so, said that about Carl? Yes. Which is funny because I think that the egg-shaped guy, the leader, the old guy, has a way of seeming very genuine. And that again... That's astonishes me. But you know what? Mm -hmm. If you go outside right now, there's a white van with someone in it. Yeah. (laughs) Who's very trusted. So Bonnie, he looks at, he has an Australian accent. Um, Okay. So. Does he have candy? (laughs) If he has cake, I'll I'll be there. Sugar free. If he has cake. (laughs) So to give a whole big thing, just. Let me give you a little history. In New Zealand, in the 50s, there was this guy named Frank Houston. He was a Pentecostal preacher. Pentecostal is speaking in tongues and knocking people over and all that. And in the 70s, he was called by God, remember this part, to go to Australia. Australia was like the the big city to New Zealanders <laughs> in those days. And it's sort of, you know, that has been the contention between both of them. And so he goes to Australia and he starts a church called Hills Church. And then he sort of hands it over to his son, who is very trusted, uh, Brian Houston. And Brian Houston. That's who I've been calling the egg-shaped guy, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And Brian, Brian Houston then changes it, and I'll tell you why, to Hillsong. And mm-hmm. it becomes this mega, just influential, uh, prime ministers are attending, celebrities are attending, and then they start shipping some of their people who they've educated in their little pseudo-college to different parts of the United States. And Carl Lentz was one of them because he was 
a little favorite guy, and he could preach really well, and that's what we started seeing in New York. And when Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and all these other, um, a lot of sports figures went there, and that was the big thing that everyone saw. It was really attractive, and everyone was welcome. It was very diverse audience as far as people of color. And then one day we heard that Carl Lentz oh, was a stepping down or fired because of moral shortcomings. But we're going to get into all of that, Bonnie. Hold tight, yeah, well, too. I know about that a little. <laughs> no, you don't. No. Yeah, okay. everyone should know about those things. What immediately struck me is I haven't heard Carl preach a lot, so they start showing Carl preaching. And I have heard Carl talk, but I haven't mm-hmm. heard him preach. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the word black scent? It is when someone... Uh, is it how Justin Timberlake used to talk when he was correct. first coming on the scene? Yep, uh-huh. yep. Okay. So it is a bit of a black scent still. Uh, it's just got this cadence. And then mm-hmm. I'm, it hit me like, holy fuck. Like, I've heard so many of these young mini-me or mini-Carl pastors talk like this. And I made a video on TikTok about it where I first videos that come up of these cool pastors all have this slight black scent and that'll come in to focus a little later but it was like code switching because black people code switching is when they change into white talk so society accepts them businesses accept them more and this is sort of the opposite because he had a very diverse audience or congregants so I'm like ew I don't like that and yeah. There were black people that were coming in because everyone was welcome, right? So the New York one, there was actually an older woman nicknamed Mama Jones. And she's like, I'm the oldest person that was going there because my daughter felt accepted and loved it there. And right away, Carl Lentz, like, met her, said, I've been waiting to meet you. And, like, he would confide in her and listen to her. And he nicknamed in her Mama, Mama Jones. Jones. Yes. Okay. Which, back to Hollywood, gives us that older, uh, sage, black woman vibe that is very well known through movies and books. Um, yeah. So, well, just because you're older doesn't mean you're a sage. And exactly. I didn't say... Just not just because you're an older black woman, but like just because you have age doesn't give you sage. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but I can tell you, you plenty of people. No, I agree. <laughs> I can tell you plenty of people who are older who are just fucking idiots. <laughs> so yeah. this lady, luckily, did not seem to be a fucking idiot. But you know, I just felt ooh, that's tokenism already that's sort of a you know uh, anyway but they liked it for a while they were going there and she said something she's like I swear Carl cried every sermon and she even imitated Mm -hmm. him she's like 
he would just look up and blink his eyes and you knew it was coming. And then they started showing <laughs> footage of him doing the exact pose yeah. she did. And when someone cries, it is absolutely a connector. It's almost like a yeah. yawn. You know, you, you automatically feel sympathy um, and you're connected to them. And I didn't realize part of Carl's thing was to cry almost every time. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. What a lot of people didn't know, although it seemed cool and accepting, Brian Houston, who started Hillsong in Sydney, Australia, and his wife, Bobby, um, they said, you know, our worship is progressive, but our theology is very conservative Pentecostalism. And a lot of people in New York didn't realize that. They just thought, this is a concert. This is cool. It was at Irving Park Nightclub. And, um, you know, it was founded by Carl and Brian's son, Joel Houston. And what they would do is they would, like, wrap up Bibles and, quote, bring them into nightclubs and give them to DJs or, you know, the cool people there. So they were shopping for members who were connected to the celebrity and, you know, and cool sort of thing. And a lot of people who hadn't gone to church before or who hated church growing up, they were like, this is great. What was fascinating? But you know is, what? Mm-hmm. What something that you said before we got onto the recording makes me realize that there's something uh, that they were onto. If you mm-hmm. go out at night and you're in a nightclub, that's a great social environment. But if you don't want to go out that late and you want to have it during the day, <laughs> churches like the nightclub. For the sunny hours. Very true. Especially that kind. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, Yeah. because one, and you're going to find someone, if you want to meet someone, who's a, quote, better person there. Or or at least not drunk yet. Right, right. And so it really was. Or you felt shitty about what you did, you know, the night before. Who knows? Um, But someone pointed out that I can't remember some date. I have it somewhere in here. October of 2010, um, Instagram was launched. A week later, Mm -hmm. Hillsong began. And so he really utilized Instagram. And what he would show is him with celebrities. So people were like, oh, if those people go then I want to go. One, I'm either going to see him. I am not past going somewhere that I know a celebrity is. And I want people to know that. I don't care. (laughs) They live all around here. If someone said, like my daughter just saw Casey Musgrave shopping yesterday in a small store. But if I know someone is like there, I'll be like, do, 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 you know. Um, Right. And so (laughs) when you feel you're doing something pure, like going to church and going to get to see a celebrity, then boom. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when we were talking about Hillsong before, um, the pictures that you showed, or maybe it was in one of the documentaries, it, it really struck with me that 
they would have these nightclubs that were, I guess, open at night but not in the day or had shut down and they were Mm -hmm. repurposing the space but they would have lines outside just like a nightclub line to get in to the to the yeah (laughs) i started to say to the performances um to to yeah to the church and a sessions a congregant that was or past congregant that was interviewed said that exact same thing She said a lot of people weren't coming because of God, because of this. They were coming because there was a carpet and red uh, velvet robes. Velvet robes? Yeah. Yeah. Because in New York, there's been documentaries of the mysterious line. If people are in line for something in New York, people are like, what's that about? I want to go. And so it really attracted a lot of people. And at the time... They were saying they needed volunteers, obviously, because that's what churches do. And they had volunteers, you know, cleaning the toilets, wiping up the vomit from the club and all that. And instead of being like, thank you, you work so hard, they, and you and I have talked about this before, they sold it or spun it as, can you believe we get to do this? As in, can you believe we get to be part of something bigger, that we get to serve God, you know? So they had a lot of people volunteering, and that was one of the first crises that came because it was said that some people volunteered so much, and they were given, quote, volunteer jobs, that they couldn't hold full-time jobs, Oh, that's because so of the volunteering, because they were building something right. for God. And these yeah. people, they're in New York. Ha, you know, they were getting debt. They were, one guy said, you know, I accumulated a lot of debt because I felt if I was doing this all for God, it would some way be returned to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have said, Obviously, with Hillsong, their coolness made their conservative views more palatable. And Carl would go on talk shows. People would ask about, what do you think about gay people? You know, and he'd be like, we love them. We love everybody. While Brian Houston would say, well, marriage is between a man and a woman. So there were just these little cracks, you know, between both of them, what they were saying publicly. Um, And another thing was Carl Lentz went in really big uh, after, I'm not sure, but during the Black Lives Movement, and he would go on TV Mm -hmm. and say Black Lives Matter. And he seemed very progressive because no other pastors were saying that, which, of course, one, good for the brand in New York. More people come. And then, two, a black congregant, former said, the interesting thing about the church is churches are always behind society. So Carl got praised all the time for saying Black Lives Matter at a time that was still way after, you know, he wasn't doing anything big is what she was saying. He was being extravagant and crazy and wild for a church person, but he was just being a C- Minus in society, right. just yeah. 
I didn't realize early on there were five women who banded together and wrote a letter saying, hey, there's some stuff going on here with power and sexual harassment that we don't like. And what it seems is that Hillsong always sort of met with them or at least responded to people with complaints, said they'd do better, sometimes Carl cried, and then nothing this or is, a this couple is weeks. five women... Is this five women talking about like the more current Hillsong or because there was also a mess with Brian's father? Correct. This right? is in New York with Carl's Hillsong early on okay. the building of that church. They were big volunteers. They were there all the time and they didn't like the way it was starting to turn into yeah. popular and celebrity and they knew some things that were wrong behind the scenes and they didn't get addressed. Um, and does then not- this ever make you just? Does it ever make you wonder? Is there any organization where this shit's not going on? Thank you, because that's going to come up. Yep, you're like okay. a mind reader. Um, well, I'll I go ahead and say this. it now. There was a great okay. phrase that one of the journalists, because they had a lot of journalists involved in this documentary, said about. Big churches are built on the necessity of abusive power. You cannot have a big church unless you have volunteers that are doing a lot of shit for nothing or people. Yeah. yeah. So it was interesting how someone just set it out blank, but it doesn't mean that they all need to be doodling people, but Carl did. So we all know (laughs) after um, these five women came forward and said, we're seeing some sexual harassment, we're seeing this and that, nothing happened. And then it was announced that Carl was fired for moral failings. And this whole moral failings thing really is so endemic to the church because We had tons of moral failings in our church, which could be anything from the guy next to us confessing he jacked off to, like, affairs, to, like, money, laundering of people. There was no understanding of, oh, that was a a problem that you have or that is illegal. Like, everything (laughs) fell under moral failings, right? And then praying and forgiveness. Um, So Carl gets booted, and his wife was working there and gets booted. And that's going to be interesting. Do you want to tell people what he got booted for? No. Remind us, no. (laughs) Yeah. You want to say it? Sure. Yeah, I'll say it. This is when Carl was hanging out in a dog park or in a park, I think in Brooklyn, and met some lady and started having an affair with her and wasn't real good at hiding it because there were text messages. But he had put her in his phone as either like a fake name or only put her phone number in the notes section of his phone. Anyway, so... She has, of course, come on the scene and gone on some, like, celebrity dating show or something like mm-hmm. that. So she's tried to parlay, you know, her her part of it and her little tiny brush with fame um, into something yeah. more as well. But 
but he was majorly cheating on his his wife there. While he was talking about sexual purity, because that was a big thing he always talked about in his sermons, and they showed him some. And I mean, if you grew up in church, you've heard him. It's all the same. Don't, don't, don't. Um, And what's fascinating is I looked up the woman that he had an affair with uh, in the last week to do this. Couldn't find any social media platforms. So either Mm -hmm. I just couldn't find them or she was getting threats or she just I wants her life. I don't know. But, um, yeah, she didn't have an Instagram or anything. You you can live without being on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So sweet. It's funny like that. Oh, yeah. I know. That's not possible. Um, And I forgot that he told her, don't look me up on Google. And he sort of said he or implicated that he was a sports agent. Um, Anyway. (laughs) what but I didn't know during this time there was a pastor I think in Dallas or Houston they're all the same named Reed Bogart that was accused of raping someone in his congregation and he quietly resigned and there was no Uh mention of that and not only that Brian Houston made a video thanking him for his time and generosity, and we hope that your time, you know, not being with Hillsong oh, but he, is it fruitful. it was one of the Hillsong churches. It's a Hillsong church, yes. His name's Yeah, they Reed let him Bogart. quietly resign. And so mm-hmm. the dramatic part of all this, you're getting to the, the end of episode one of this series of four and they've set you up they've told you what Hillsong is they've told you that there's a lot of power issues with the volunteers or just you know strained to kingdom come and then here comes Carl and they put him on the hot seat let me describe curly twirlies which do not they emphasize the bags under his eyes and he knows that but it's okay Carl. Wait, when you said they put Carl in the hot seat, you mean like they interviewed him today? Yes. He's on. Oh. So, Carl, so he gets to speak. Correct. And oh, my God. And this is okay. when things turn. So he comes in. He's in a white undershirt. He's got his uh, <laughs> guns. And he has what? two necklaces. Oh, you mean his arms? Yeah. Come on. Get it's, it, arms? It's the South I figured you meant. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Um, he has two gold necklaces. One has a little heart. One has a little cross. They're two gold to me. First thing I notice. Okay. They're two gold. Either they okay. are 22 karat gold, <laughs> which should not be worn by men, or they're fake gold. It's upsetting. Um, okay. And anywho, he gets there, and I'll tell you, he just... It's like, I'm really worried. I don't want to hurt more people. I don't know what to say. And then he looks, and you can see he's tearing up, and he's like, you don't want to live your life so you're in this position. And, you know, he disarms you. Well, that's not incorrect. (laughs) Yeah. And it disarms you. And so the episode ends, and you go to the next one. But automatically, 
there is this, I'm face to face, he's looking me in the eyes, he cries a few times, and I'll tell you what he reveals. Um, and it, okay. then, it, you know, it snaps back to when he began. He went to Hillsong College in Sydney, and he met Laura and his wife. And Laura's family was very close to Brian Houston's. They all grew up together. They all worked together. And so he met Laura, and he says later, you know, you think marriage will fix things, as in yeah. your desire to have sex, your desire to have sex with other people. Um, and then he starts almost, but in this, again, disarming way, nearly instantly starting to blame Brian Houston and Sydney for this stress because he said he was under so much stress. He was abusing ADHD medication. Oh. And then, <laughs> yep, these sexual... That's not vague, and, or that's not specific enough. Abusing ADHD medication means speed. There you go. Means there meth. You go. Crystal, not crystal meth. What do they call it? <laughs> Methamphetamines. And we don't know if he was getting street ADHD or just taking, you know, I have no idea. But he is wow. very open. And it then also shows his wife and they're like, how did you first find out? Here's here's the stuff. Because did I've heard a lot of people. Her? Yes. Bonnie, it gets crazy. It got crazy. She but talks? I'll tell you this. Oh, my gosh. Now I do want to watch it. Okay. So the weird thing is. You can spoil is, it, though. <laughs> a lot of people um, after this kept saying, we don't care about their marriage. We don't care about that. It was abuse of power. It was this and that. I'm like, oh, I'm nosy as shit. I care. What's going on? How'd you find out? Like, You know, I want to know details, not just because I'm a nosy bitch, but because I find those are so telling and how the abuse started or happened or whatever. So mm -hmm. supposedly when he gets, quote, caught, the elders mm -hmm. get together. Um, well, first, he calls Brian Houston and says, yeah. quote, I'm not, not doing well. <laughs> Why? Okay. Why'd you laugh? Tell me, because you might be thinking what because I'm thinking. It's 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 downplaying it a little bit. <laughs> it's downplaying it. I'm not doing it. well is... Oh, I'm kind of bummed because I don't feel so good because I just, you know, had a cold. Um, right. But, uh, and it also, I'm like, doing well. the cold would make Aww. you have the symptoms. It sort of puts them in this, like, victim stance immediately. Not, I yeah. am not acting well, or like, I'm not. It's not, I have fucked up. It's passive, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so Brian Houston and the elders or whoever and the wife, Laura, they all do an emergency Zoom, right? And she's <laughs> been told, and she is devastated, the wife, Laura. Uh -huh. who, does, and does she say who tells her? He told her because I guess someone at the church confronted and said, you need to go forward. So he went Ooh. home right away, said, we need to talk. She said it crushed her. 
And she was devastated. And then right away, there's a Zoom call. Like, what are they all going to do? She said, I didn't know about the nanny. The nanny? Uh Uh-huh. Leona, until I was on the Zoom call. They get on the fucking Zoom call, and Brian says, we need to know about Leona, too. Follow me here. This is news to me. Yeah. Leona was their nanny, okay? That seems Uh fine. Same age. But Leona was the wife of the pastor of Hillsong, Boston, and had her own kids and had a nanny for her kid so she could nanny. <laughs> Carl's kids? For Carl's kids. I don't understand. I'm assuming, I don't even understand. Did they travel to Boston to preach? Did they live there? I don't understand that. So New York to Boston, that's not, That's a 30-minute drive. Exactly. I mean, that's, wow, that's not a commute. I don't get it. Um, Unless they commuted to go preach on Sundays from New York. Right, right, right. That was not explained. And I'm baffled Mm -hmm. how that worked. But to tell the truth, what I think it obviously was is some kind of, um, you know, some way that made money a write-off and work for the church. Who knows? But Right, yeah. So hmm. Leona was there all the time and helped raise the kids. And Laura said, you know, we were friends at first. And then she walked in on Carl and her in a compromising position. She went up. The, wait, Carl's wife walked in on this? Yes. So how compromising she in position. On it? So she looked in on that, but she didn't know about it until the Zoom call. She, I'll tell you. Okay. So she said it was a compromising position that obviously, and this makes sense in the real world, you could probably interpret different ways. You're not sure. And she said, I just reacted not very godlike, I'll tell you that. She went, she shoved (laughs) Carl out of the way, and she punched Leona. (laughs) And then she said neither of them talked about it, and they just kept their mouths all shut, and they went on. She kept Leona there. But she wasn't as nice to her. So it seems like, you know, when you're like, that'll get her back. (laughs) Yeah. That looks suspicious, but I'm not sure, or something. It must have been like that. It wasn't them naked or anything. Um, I think I might have heard rumors that, like, he was on the couch and she was sitting on the floor leaning back and maybe, you know, his hand on her head, whatever. Maybe something like that. So she's in the Zoom call, and they ask about Leona, and he admits to an affair. And Laura... Uh said she had to move her head out of the Zoom box because she was floored. So Carl was still hiding things, obviously, when he, quote, came clean. And uh, she felt like a fool and all that. Now, I do not 
even understand how a lot of this happened. Um, but anyway, that that's what it is. So later, after everything has been revealed, supposedly this Leona Nanny woman writes a blog on Medium that Carl had been sexually abusing her, as in putting her in oh compromising positions to touch her to do this that she felt uncomfortable with and was sort of scared and blah, blah, blah. And Carl says on this documentary, it that's false. It was consensual. To me, what says it's consensual is Carl's wife punched her. I mean... It, there you go. It, she wouldn't have punched Leona if Leona didn't look like she was somehow complicit in it. I don't know. I mean, and the then whole go, punching. Like, that's, that's like, you know, maybe documentarians could be like, you did physical assault against the nanny. Let's stop here because what does it feel like to punch someone and then go announce a sisterhood conference at the church? How women, you know, like... How does it feel, Carl, to talk about purity culture every Sunday and bang the nanny? However, if you go and look at some of the other cults (laughs) that we've been watching, you know, documentaries (laughs) on, if if Carl is in a position above the nanny's husband, then it's kind of, uh, you know, a power downward well, maybe she isn't complicit, but maybe she's being harassed in that way uh, to perform for somebody in more power. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, and she was a member of the church. We were over her. I'm still like, how the hell with the Boston and your nanny? I don't get it. But yeah. I didn't look wow. into it further. So they have that Zoom thing, and Laura ends up calling Brian Houston's wife and said, I know you're going to come out with an announcement. Can you please spare the public details? Because at that time, they had a a daughter, maybe she was 14, I'm not sure, who's in the mm-hmm. hospital because she took pills to end her life. Oh, my God. I did not know that. And so yeah. Laura's on screen in this thing crying asking for mercy because it's just to protect her kids. Um, And I understand that. And not only did they not, but the recording of some of the Zooms were released. Some little person released it to Daily Mail. And that's what I want a fucking documentary about. Like, who is tight in these communities and in the higher echelon, who gets hold of these Zooms and shares them to paparazzi. I think it comes from the very top. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian. I don't know how, Ooh. but... <laughs> I know. I'm not denying. They probably have a whole machine of how to it's leak It's a things, machine. Just, right. like, just like the royal family does. Oh, yes. Let's get Bonnie... The parallels, it's very true. Um, And Laura's Diane. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) also Carl on this says to the camera, he regrets being so vulnerable on that Zoom because he had no idea that it would be used against him. 
And I'm like, if you're a pastor talking to other pastors who are supposed to support you in some Christian thing, and you know you fucked up by being vulnerable, this whole thing mm-hmm. has shitty problems. But Carl looks at the camera again, and he said during this time, uh, he thought of suicide. Um, and then he looked back at his childhood. And I'm going to sort of end on this because we can do another part to this. Stay tuned, y'all, because they're more. They're more. Um, <coughs> but he said it was hard to, at this point, look back on my childhood. And he said his family didn't even know this, his parents, but that he himself was sexually abused. Okay. Thank Somehow you. I don't believe that, it. Okay, that's it. I don't it. know why okay. I don't believe Listen it, but he doesn't this. seem to have a lot of credibility. That's it. Like, I was almost flowing with all of this, but he here's what he says about it. It was, one, it was a family friend. Two, he shut it out mm-hmm. of his mind. And the person who did it said, this is going to be our secret. I'm like... Can you find more three cliche things that you hear about from other yeah. people's stories? And for some, he didn't offer anything that would make me go, this is, you know, something that Legitimate. happened. And I hate, I yeah. want to believe victims. Yeah. But yeah. he said that that incident developed a pattern of secrecy in him. So again, not his fault. He was the victim of abuse, which could Mm -hmm. be true, everyone out there. It could. Yeah. And that that developed in him a pattern of secrecy, especially about sex. Mm Mm-hmm. So if we want to go back to the downfall of Hillsong, it's the family friend. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and you know what else develops a big pattern of secrecy about sex? Uh, purity culture in uh, yeah. church. Exactly. Um, yep. Wow. I mean, wouldn't you be shitting bricks if you were up in front of hundreds of people and all that, and you were then sneaking off to have sex with someone? I would just be... I would probably have to kill the person. I'd be so scared they were going to say something. Shit. And they did. (laughs) And I did. Okay, guys, this is part one. Go on to part eight. No, part two. We'll see you soon. And don't be a shit pile like Carl Lentz and Brian Houston.